0: what i wonder what makes you rejoice on this day on this evening in the depths of january um with this seeming constant rain i don't know what it's like over in this valley but certainly in neath it feels like it's been raining forever Uh, i know it's not that long ago we had the complete frost didn't we and it was all icy but now it's rain and it feels like it's been raining for a long time Uh, maybe maybe you're working through those post-Christmas blues do you feel like rejoicing today or maybe at the beginning of a new year you get bogged down with thinking worrying about what this year might bring you know 2020 uh, turned when the calendar turned over to 2020 a bright new shining year it wasn't long was it before the world was shut down by a global pandemic and 2022 came, and with it came war on European soil. Maybe here at the beginning of a year, you're thinking, what, "What will this year bring?" Maybe there are worries, anxieties on your shoulders, on your mind that that prevent you from rejoicing. Well, Paul in this letter to the Philippians uh, is encouraging them to rejoice he calls on the christians there in philippi to rejoice and we too we need to hear that call we need to hear that call that instruction in the midst of everything else that's going on we need to hear the call to rejoice to rejoice and i trust that that call will help us as we come to prayer later on as we remember the things that we do have to rejoice about and from this verse uh, Philippians chapter 4 and verse 4 as Nathaniel said rejoice in the Lord always again I will say rejoice from that I want us to see from that that verse what is our focus uh, what it is who it is that we're to be rejoicing in as we look at that verse I hope that we'll see that Paul points us to the possibility of joy that never ends joy that never ends rejoicing without ending but in order to do that i think we need to just have a little think about the context in which paul's writing now this was a letter that paul wrote to a specific church and a specific time in a specific context the church was in philippi it was a church that had its roots in paul's gospel ministry it was the place uh, where Lydia. A lady became a Christian. Her heart was opened by the Lord. It was a place where a jailer put his trust in the Lord Jesus Christ in the middle of the night in strange circumstances. And there were others. And from those few in that place of Philippi, there was born a church. And now here, Paul, sometime later, is writing a letter to them, a letter to encourage them, a letter which includes a command to rejoice but there were some problems there were some blockers to their rejoicing at least there could have been you see when Paul wrote the letter he was in prison when he wrote the letter he was in prison Uh, we don't know which of his spells in prison it was most likely I think most commentators think it's when he was in prison in Rome uh, probably towards the end of his life there and he knew, he acknowledges in the way that he writes the letter that his time, his death is approaching. But even from there, he's writing to this church, telling them, rejoice, rejoice. But that wasn't the only problem. Uh, there were hypocritical preachers. Uh, Paul, uh, earlier on in the letter, he writes of those who were uh, preaching preaching. Now, we're not sure whether these were people who were in Rome or people uh, in Philippi, where the church was. In chapter 1, he, he deals with this situation. Those who were preaching, uh, preaching the gospel, preaching a form of the gospel at least, but in such a way that they were trying to cause problems for Paul in prison as he was already. Taking the opportunity maybe to criticise him taking the opportunity to add trouble upon Paul's already existing trouble Uh, we see that in chapter 1 verses 15 to 18 which could have all led to the church in Philippi being concerned being worried about Paul Uh, maybe having their focus more on Paul than on their Lord on their own walk with the Lord on their own Christian lives take their thoughts and their attentions away from the Lord Uh, the section towards the end of chapter four in particular uh, kind of points to the fact uh, and and shows us the concern that they had for Paul how they were seeking to help him meet his material needs but there are more problems still Uh, Paul in chapter 1 verse 28 writes to them and encourages them don't be frightened, it says, do not be frightened in anything by your opponents. Chapter 1, verse 28. Do not be frightened in anything by your opponents. They were, they were obviously those who were striving against the church there in Philippi. A church standing for the gospel, a church proclaiming the gospel. But there were opponents, those who were against the church and against the gospel message a bit further on in chapter 1 Paul also writes about their suffering for the sake of Christ this was a church that was facing difficulty this was a church that was going through trial this was a church where life was not easy they were engaged in a battle a spiritual battle and Paul was encouraging them but even that's not enough Uh, they were concerned about paul but uh, paul acknowledged they were also concerned about another man called epaphroditus epaphroditus was a man who uh, was obviously very dear to the church in philippi and he'd been so ill that that both he and they thought he was going to die he'd been very much in their thoughts very much in their prayers uh, so much so that paul felt the best thing to do was to send him to philippi so that they could see him in the flesh and see how much better he was Uh, to see that he didn't die, to see that he was recovering. But again, their hearts, their thoughts were were on Epaphroditus, maybe not as much on the Lord as they should have been. As well as that, there were those divisions in the church. We've just read about them. Uh, Euodia and Syntyche. We don't really know what was going on, but they were two women who had been working together who now seemed to be at odds And there was division there between workers in the church, between uh, fellow Christians in the church. And if there's one thing that can prevent rejoicing, it's division in a church. I know that uh, all too well, and and I'm sure that some of you may as well, having been through such times. And, And so for the church there in Philippi, there were any number of things that could have got in the way of them rejoicing. Of them having that joy that peace that uh, uh, deep seated satisfaction in the lord jesus and it's fair to say there could be some blocks in the way of us rejoicing today um as we uh, as we gather there are things that could get in the way of us rejoicing i've already said we're in the middle of uh, january it's often seen as that that dark dismal month isn't it that time after christmas when nothing happens everyone just gets miserable Uh, the credit card bills come in the electricity bills are going up the gas bills are going up the interest rates have gone up cost of living generally is just going up everybody's going on strike the government are trying to ban everybody from going on strike there's war in Ukraine there's the health situations uh, in, in our own lives in, in the lives of our families there's the opposition to the church the opposition to the gospel everything that's going on in, in our nation uh, there's time so many things that could get in the way of us rejoicing and yet that is the instruction that is the command from paul rejoice rejoice there are many things that could get in the way that's the context we're living in Uh, but paul wrote to the church in philippi and he said rejoice and and this message has been kept for us for today and the message from paul is still rejoice it's a message that we need to hear Uh, this is a message that's there throughout the letter in fact uh, warren wearsby's commentary uh, on this letter is simply called be joyful that's how he summarizes the whole point of the of the book in, in two words be joyful it's there again and again uh, throughout uh, going back to chapter one where Paul was dealing with those um, hypocritical preachers those who were seeking to preach Christ from envy uh, and rivalry uh, Paul rejoiced he rejoiced in the preaching of the gospel see this is what paul wrote chapter 1 verse 15 some indeed preach christ from envy and rivalry but others from goodwill the latter do it out of love knowing that i'm put here for the defense of the gospel the former proclaim christ out of rivalry not sincerely but thinking to afflict me in my pun- in my prison imprisonment what then only that in every way whether in pretense or in truth Christ is proclaimed and in that I rejoice yes and I will rejoice so even if people were proclaiming Christ insincerely seeking to make Paul's life a misery he was still rejoicing because Christ was being proclaimed Uh, Paul also rejoiced in the Philippian Christians Uh, as we saw uh, at the beginning of the section we read he spoke to them he called them his joy and his crown they were his brothers in christ those he loved and even as he faced the real very real possibility of his own death he rejoiced Uh, chapter 2 verse 17 even if i am to be poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith i am glad and rejoice with you all Likewise, you also should be glad and rejoice with me, even facing uh, down the barrel of the gun, as it were, facing the possibility of his own death. He said, "I rejoice with you, and you should rejoice with me." He wrote of them, rejoicing and being re- reunited with Epaphroditus, uh, Philippians two verse 28, "I am the more eager to send him, therefore, that you may rejoice." At seeing him again and that I may be less anxious but as he moves into chapter 3 of the letter uh, and begins his, his final point finally my brothers rejoice how are we to rejoice in whom are we to rejoice finally my brothers rejoice in the Lord Uh, To say, to write the same things to you is no trouble to me and is safe to you. Rejoice in the Lord. And our verse, chapter 4, verse 4 Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, uh, rejoice. Uh, So Paul is encouraging them, commanding them to rejoice, uh, to rejoice. He says his way of life is a way of rejoicing and encourages them, rejoice. Rejoice, rejoice in the Lord. Paul in this letter calls on the Philippian Christians again and again to rejoice, but ultimately it is rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. He is the reason for rejoicing. The Lord Jesus Christ is the reason for rejoicing paul of course was writing to christians he was writing to the church and so this is a message that as the church we can take on for ourselves today rejoice as those who are trusting in christ rejoice if your faith and your trust is in christ rejoice we have plenty plenty of reasons to rejoice if our faith and our hope are in christ If we're trusting in Christ, it's in him that we have forgiveness. If we're trusting in Christ, it's in him we have salvation. We have redemption. In him we are adopted. In him we are justified. In him we are sanctified. In him we are blessed. In him we have eternal life. It's all in Jesus. It's all because of Jesus. Knowing Christ means forgiveness it means being made right with god it means being declared righteous before god not not i hasten to add that we can do anything to earn that for ourselves we can't earn righteousness from god none of us can point to our our own good works those good things that we've done in our lives and say look i've done enough i deserve to be before god none of us have lived an amazing enough life that we can approach God in our own right none of us have loved other people enough that we can approach God in our own right none of us deserve it our only righteousness comes from the Lord Jesus Christ the only righteousness that we can have is his righteousness And we can only have that by believing and trusting that he he died for us, that he died on the cross, that he died in order to save us, in order to take that punishment for our sins. It's only in Christ that we can be adopted into the family of God. Uh, There's so many wonderful verses in the scriptures, aren't there? But Galatians chapter 4, verse 4, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. It's only by believing and trusting in Christ that we are adopted, adopted by God, adopted into his family. It's only by believing and trusting in Christ that we have the gift of the Holy Spirit. Uh, God, the Holy Spirit dwelling within us. Uh, To then shape us, to change us, to make us more and more like the Lord Jesus every day, to sanctify us. And it's only by trusting in Jesus that we can come before God at all. It's only trusting in the Lord Jesus that we can approach God in prayer. There are many things that we have to rejoice in many reasons that we have to rejoice and so many of them find their root in the lord jesus christ as paul says rejoice in the lord always for the philippian church there was plenty for them to be rejoicing in for us here today there is plenty for us to be rejoicing in and it's rooted in christ rooted in Christ to whom be all glory all honor all praise always but I want to take us on a little bit further with this rejoice in the Lord always again I will say uh, rejoice Um, at Ebenezer uh, in the run-up to Christmas we were uh, working through a series of daily devotions all based on joy all under that theme joy to the world Uh, taking different bible verses that spoke of joy and rejoicing looking at joy from different angles and uh, I think it was looking somewhere in Ecclesiastes we were uh, encouraged and taught that the Bible tells us that we're to rejoice always in all circumstances in prosperity in adversity in good times and, and bad we are still to rejoice and that's one way we could understand what paul's saying here rejoice in the lord always in every situation in every circumstance we've looked at some of those bad circumstances that that paul and the philippians were in we've considered some of the bad circumstances going on in our own life and that's how we could understand it Uh, even in times of problems even in times of opposition of division of concern rejoice in the lord rejoice and that's certainly one way that uh, they, this would be meant but i just want us to think this evening and take the word always as a, with a different understanding looking at it in a slightly different way as well as understanding it as meaning at all times i want us to think about it as meaning for all time when we think of that word always um, our children uh, quite often use the words always and never, and everyone, and no one. You know what I mean. Everyone always does that. It means some of their friends occasionally do it. Um, Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always, at all times. But let's take it as meaning as well. Rejoice in the Lord always, for all time may not be the word paul intended to use it here but it's it's certainly true that if you're a believer if you accept that the lord jesus died for your sins if you know that you're forgiven then you can know that joy that never ends joy that goes on forever joy that lasts for all time joy in christ that never ends joy that is everlasting this joy it comes from trusting in Christ, as we've seen. If you're a Christian, you already have eternal life. You already have life that doesn't end. You, if you've believed that Jesus died for your sins, if you've accepted that great gift of forgiveness from God, then your eternal life has already started. Uh, we see this in the words from uh, Jesus to the Pharisee Nicodemus in uh, John chapter three. Uh, the Lord Jesus says, and. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Uh, And later on in that same chapter, the same truth uh, is mentioned. Whoever, uh, this is verse 36 of that same chapter, whoever believes in the Son has eternal life whoever does not obey the son shall not see life but the wrath of God remains on him and so as eternal life by definition is life that lasts forever life that goes on for all time from now and for all time and that life means forever being in the presence of the Lord then surely it follows that that joy that comes from being in the presence of the Lord is joy that lasts forever Um, Psalm 16 speaks of this, for example. David, uh, Psalm 16, verse 11 says, You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. The eternal nature of the Lord is clear from the Scriptures, isn't it? Uh, the eternal nature of the Lord is there. It's clear he is from all time and for all time and to all time. And so many of the letters that we see have elements of, of doxology of praise uh, to god that, that include this uh, just to mention a couple as we draw towards the close uh, 1 timothy chapter 1 verse 17 uh, just at the, towards the end of that first chapter paul writes to the king of ages immortal invisible the only god be honor and glory forever and ever amen and peter at the end of his first letter 1 peter 5 verse 10 and after you have suffered a little while the god of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory in christ will himself restore confirm strengthen and establish you to him be the dominion forever and ever amen Uh, the lord god is eternal immortal Um, life with him is life that never ends joy that comes from him is joy uh, that never ends Uh, but it's not only the Lord who is eternal all who believe and trust in him as we've already said have eternal life and some verses from Revelation chapter 22 from the very last chapter of the very last book of the Bible uh, we have these words points us to in this letter to the Philippians Uh, if your hope is in Christ if you are trusting him as your Lord and Savior then you can know this joy we can know uh, this joy uh, joy in every circumstance Uh, whatever life throws at you whatever uh, this year of 2023 has in store for for us individually for uh, you as a church here For us as a church at Ebenezer, for this country, we can rejoice. We can rejoice in the Lord. And we can know joy that lasts forever and ever, for all time. Because if your trust is in the Lord Jesus, then he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He holds you by his hand. He holds you in his hand. He won't let go. You are his. And you'll be with him forever and in him there is joy joy that never ends And so as we come to prayer shortly let's do so with this in mind that in christ there is joy that we are to rejoice in him and that this joy is to last joy in all circumstances joy for all time joy that can be should be is Ours as we trust in him.